0: Hi everyone it's adrian from the pageant project and my special guest for this evening is courtney tester who is miss intercontinental australia courtney welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me here today
0: it's a pleasure how has your day been in uh, sunny is it sunny perth it's been terrible over here i've been interviewing melbournians and their weather is nice sydney it's been pouring down what's the weather <laughs> like in perth
1: it's actually beautiful and sunny today but it is terribly cold. I think it's it was 14 degrees this morning when I was driving to the post office, but it's beautiful and sunny, but deathly cold at the moment. And that's kind of been a bit of a trend at the moment. It's been freezing cold, but there's been a little bit of sunshine here and there.
0: You're probably not going to get much sympathy from a lot of viewers saying that 14 is deathly cold, because if they're watching from the UK or the u.s and certain parts and even in sydney <laughs> it's gotten down to zero here 14 is 14 is pretty is that as cold as perth gets i can't remember
1: oh uh, no there's been the odd few days where it's gotten down to eight degrees and let oh, me wow. tell you that is definitely cold perth people are not built for cold weather uh and neither is neither are our houses or anything along those lines so when, as soon as the cold weather comes, you will hear every single person in Perth complaining about the freezing cold weather. Even if it's 21 degrees, I'll still be complaining about it being way too cold.
0: I don't know who's worse, you Perth people or the Gold Coast people? Because the Gold <laughs> Coast people are exactly the same. I know a few people over there and they'll be like, oh, it's really, really cold. It's like, how cold? Oh, it's like only 20 degrees. And I'm like, oh. it's five degrees here and you're complaining about 20 I didn't realise Perth people were so soft.
1: <laughs> I think if I, if I was to live anywhere other than Perth, I would probably pick the Gold Coast purely because I know that the climate is so beautiful and I wouldn't have to suffer the cold, horrible, rainy weather. Well, rainy. Mm.
0: <laughs> I, I prefer Perth. I'm going to be shot by all the Gold Coast people. I haven't been to Perth for a while, but I really love the energy that Perth has. It's really, really mm. laid back. It's less touristy than the Gold Coast. But um, speaking of Perth, do you want to tell people watching a little bit about Perth? Because they may not be familiar with it, especially if they're watching from overseas.
1: Yeah, of course. So Perth is on the western side of Australia. Um, It's got beautiful coastlines, beautiful beaches. Our Premier, Mark McGowan, has done amazing things in the community, particularly making sure that we've all been safe throughout COVID. And we've also got um, a lot of projects in the pipeline. I know that they're doing developments down at Elizabeth Quay and in the city uh, in terms of the university developments as well. So There's a lot of great, exciting stuff happening in Perth, and there's been so many amazing developments, not only um, in the building industry, but also in the fashion industry as well. That's kind of brought Perth up into, I guess, the 21st century. Because I know for for a very long time there was a lot of complaints that you know Perth wasn't wasn't up to the same standard as the east coast, but Having been on the East Coast uh, in May and then coming back home, I've definitely felt the difference in terms of Perth um, holding its own. Um, it's definitely definitely a beautiful place to live and, like you say, super laid back, super chill, mm-hmm. definitely somewhere that i so happy that I live.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a really lovely city. I, I've only been there twice, but I really enjoyed just the, the vibe of it. Um, Courtney, we got to start with the obvious question. You have a crown on your head, um, and we should probably <laughs> explain to the people watching why. So, pageant history, how did you get involved in the crazy world of pageantry?
1: Oh, it's been a long, long journey. I actually won my very first pageant title at four years old, at a shopping centre right here in Perth. I was down, or yes, down from the country. I used to live in a small coastal fishing town and we just happened to walk past this pageant. So my mum threw me into it just for a little bit of fun, really, I was in my favourite jeans and my my best T-shirt that I could possibly worn that day. And I was just fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time and I won. And it wasn't until I was 16 that i again competed in another pageant where i was again fortunate enough to win the title of miss teen galaxy australia in 2013 i got to compete internationally and represent australia over in orlando which was a phenomenal experience oh, yeah. and here i am now you know i'm 20 25 and i've just well in 2021 i won the title of miss intercontinental australia so you know i've i've been there I've done it I've been around for a while from that very first experience when I was four now being 25 keep forgetting how old I am but now I'm 25 and I've got this incredible crown and this incredible opportunity yet again to represent Australia on the international stage
0: I was going to berate you about saying how old you are at the age of 25 but we'll move on (laughs) um do you remember from your do you remember anything about your first pageant, did you have a little routine, did you have to deliver a I don't know much about four year old pageants. <laughs> do you remember anything about it?
1: Uh, I can remember on the day there was just like a regular tea catwalk, and I had to parade around with a bunch of other girls that were also competing. There was no on stage question. I don't think my mum would have been able to talk me into it if there was one. Yeah. There was no on stage question, and it was really just um, a modeling competition. And, you know, it was so good to not only be in it just on a complete whim, but to also win it. And I was only wearing a pair of jeans. That was you know, that was that was an excellent win for me, I think, you know, it just shows that it wasn't necessarily about beauty, it was just about, you know, who looked like they were having the best time of their life.
0: you remember the name of the title?
1: Uh, it was Little Miss Crowning Glory.
0: Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> very, very cool. Do you, do you know what it is about Perth? Because again, for people not familiar with Perth, Perth is sort of on the complete opposite side to Sydney, Melbourne and the Gold Coast. And it's not a town, but it's a smaller city than, say, Sydney or Melbourne. But it's done very well in the modelling spheres. A lot of, you know, prominent models have come from Perth. And even in pageantry, a lot of the really high-performing pageant girls have come from Perth. It's almost like Perth overperforms in those areas. Do you have any idea why? Is there something weird in the water? Is it the weather?
1: I was just going to say, we always say that there is definitely something in the water in Perth because Perth kind of does have its... Um, it's kind of re- renowned for pulling out of the bag these amazing, incredibly mm. and talented people. I mean, if we look at you know Heath Ledger, my perfect example, someone that mm. uh, studied at WAPA, um, which is the WA Academy of Performing Arts, uh, and then what later went on and had an incredible career. So it's definitely something in the water. I think there's definitely a focus on mm. performing arts. And the media industry is continuing to grow and develop, which I'm really happy and excited about to see those changes come to fruition in the future.
0: I'll have to get you to bring some uh, Perth some water. water. over. Yeah. Well, Alicia is going over to Galaxy. I'll, I'll get her to rather than taking over Vegemite, which is of no use to anyone, I'll get her to bring some <laughs> Perth water. We had this ongoing battle about Vegemite. I mean, you might as well weigh in. Where, where do you yes. sit on the Vegemite? Your yes.
1: Oh, oh, it would be un-Australian to not like yeah. Vegemite. I absolutely adore Vegemite. In fact, I had Vegemite this morning for breakfast.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry for sighing, guys, but I've made my feelings about Vegemite <laughs> quite well known. I'm a terrible Australian, Courtney. Um, what, what's your favourite way to have Vegemite? Just on toast with a bit of butter? Do you go avocado? What's it go
1: on toast? lots of butter smaller amount of vegemite and sometimes i might even sprinkle on a little bit of feta cheese for an extra added bit of salt even though it's already so salty but i just love that
0: i might i might be game enough to give that a go the added extra feta cheese might hide the taste of the vegemite so Mm -hmm. i'd give that a go um you are now miss intercontinental australia and you won that uh, a couple of years back if i'm correct because we've obviously with covid in, look, do you want to tell the story of how you how you got involved in the system, your crowning moment, and then obviously some of the difficulties we've we've had with sending you, getting you overseas?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So I competed in May two thousand and twenty one, and was fortunate enough to win the title over in the Gold Coast of Miss Intercontinental Australia. It was there when the preparations really kicked off and I was preparing to head over to compete at the International Pageant last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. In terms of all of the COVID restrictions, it was incredibly difficult, not only to send me out of the country, but also for me to return safely to the country, because there was, especially coming from WA, we had incredible lockdowns and we were really tight and strict with our security on that front. So... It was, you know, I'm so thankful that my directors were able to take my own health um, and put that first and foremost, and we made the really tough decision to not compete at the 2021 final. But fortunately, um, I've been lucky enough to be allowed to compete at the 2022 final, which will be held later on this year. So kind of been a really long whirlwind. And I guess the toughest part of the process has been the waiting game. But I'm super excited to be finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Can't imagine really what it feels like. We must have been through a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, do we have the host city for the international finals?
1: We don't have the host city officially announced yet at all. Um, We know that it's predicted to be around October. That's what we've seen from the socials. But in terms of the host city, it's still unknown.
0: I hope it's not somewhere in Europe because at that time, if you're complaining about 15 or 20... (laughs) You'll be lucky if it's not minus 15 or minus 20. In which case, how how will you deal as Miss Intercontinental Australia if they send you somewhere where it's under freezing?
1: Uh, I think I'd have to get some high-quality thermals and some, some of those little hand warmer packets and make sure I've got them wherever I went, and I'm sure I'd be able to tough it out.
0: Actually, I'm not hugely familiar with the intercontinental system. I mean, I've seen the name. I know it exists, but I haven't interviewed many of its title holders or its queens. So can you give me some, and the people watching also, some background? Obviously, you've represented Galaxy. I'm very familiar with Galaxy. The intercontinental system, what does it tend to stand for that sets it apart from, let's say, other systems, some of which you've already competed in?
1: Yeah, so the intercontinental system is really based on the idea of uh, women having a power of beauty, so the power of beauty and what that really means, particularly to all us competitors. I think we've all got our own unique power in our beauty. I like to think that my power is promoting causes that I'm passionate about, being mental Mm -hmm. health and education equality. I also like to think that my beauty power is making sure that we see lots of diversity in the modeling and the pageant industry and continuing to see those developments will mean that there's a greater diversity in all of the winners that will come
0: is there any particular diversity let's say in pageantry is any particular diversity that you would like to see more would you like to see more women of color would you like to see let's say more acceptance of different body types or different heights or different ages
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I am 163 centimetres, so I am a short woman and I think that, you know, every woman is beautiful. There's no reason why there should be a height requirement for any pageant. Mm -hmm. So that is probably my first and foremost one. And I would also love to see women of all different shapes and sizes, because as we know, there is no one size fits all beauty. It's more about what we're promoting and what we're passionate about and how we go about being a queen that's probably the biggest value that we can add
0: and what do you feel the biggest sort of qualities of a queen should be at least to you like on a personal level what do you feel it's most important to sort of how to represent your system
1: yeah yeah personally for me it's just being authentic and Mm -hmm. continuing to align myself with authenticity and promoting things again that I'm passionate about if I'm promoting mental health and education equality, I am automatically going to have a million and one ideas and topics that I can talk about and things that I want to do and see in the future. Authenticity is a really big one. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it shines through and if you're authentic, you're confident and if you're confident, you're beautiful. It just kind of all stems from that for me.
0: Do you feel that us Aussies may have an advantage in the authenticity stakes? I mean, all the international people seem to think we're pretty laid back and authentic, (laughs) easygoing, friendly. Would you agree with them?
1: A hundred percent. I think overall, in terms of the Australian's outlook, we are definitely laid back, easygoing, go with the flow. I like to think that I'm like that, but at times I'm definitely uh, a micromanager, overorganized. Um, but like to think that I'm always go with the flow.
0: Well, I mean is part I mean, you're a teacher by by profession. Is part of the need to micromanage the fact that you work <laughs> as a teacher and you do need to micromanage the little ones? <laughs>
1: I'm now thinking maybe that's part of the reason why I became a teacher so that I could micromanage all day. Um, Yeah, I guess, of course, like being a teacher, I've got to be super organised, I've got to be on my toes. And as I explain it to people, being a teacher is like performing 24-7. As soon as you step into the classroom, you're entertaining, you know, 20 to 30 children in the room and you've got to maintain their attention all day. So, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: It's really, really interesting you mentioned, mentioned that. How old are the, the children that you work with?
1: The kids I work with are seven and eight years old, so they're in year two Ooh. here in Perth. So they are old enough to think that I am incredible, um, but not so old that they have an attitude or, or they, they think that they're too cool to be at school.
0: I I told As I told you before we went live, I've worked quite a lot with kids as a tennis coach and the seven to eight, it's so interesting to me that you say you have to sort of be performing all the time because that's what I would always tell the coaches that were working underneath me, some of whom were only sort of 15, 16, you know, it was their first job sort of out of school and they'd work with these kids and they would find it so exhausting. And they would have to resort to basically blackmail you know they'd be giving them lollies to get them to behave and i would not let them do that but just just talk about the importance of being entertaining because a lot of people have bad memories about school like teachers being really boring or just the class itself like oh my god math was so boring etc etc how important is it how important is entertainment to education
1: i mean i think as part of entertainment it comes with creating a positive and empowering learning experience and basically all that means is fancy way of saying that making sure that the learning is engaging and it's interesting for the kids that's pretty much what my premise is part of the reason why i became a teacher is because i had an incredibly positive experience in my own primary education years Um, i had incredible teachers that we're really passionate about making sure that the school environment was positive, that it was fun, that it was exciting. And I really hope that that's exactly what I'm doing for my kids. You know, we're, we're coming up with, you know, incredible experiences like we we made scones last term uh, and, you know, we're going to be going out and visiting some cultural sites as well towards the end of the year. So. I'm hoping that what I'm doing at the moment is exciting enough to keep the kids engaged but to also feel their their want and their need to continue their learning.
0: Yeah, I wish I'd made scones when I was in school that that'd be a <laughs> m- lot more exciting than anything that I had to do, although it's been a while since I was in school. Do the teachers just out of interest how do they, what do they re- how do they refer to you Is it Miss is it Courtney is it miss tester is it ma'am?
1: uh typically it's it's Miss Tester. I haven't had them, I I do often get Mrs. Tester, but I do have to remind them that that's not me, that's my mum. Not (laughs) necessarily heard of, I haven't heard Miss Courtney yet, uh, but but I think I'll I'll stick to Miss Miss Tester. It's got a nice ring to it.
0: It does. It does. I I don't think I've actually met anyone who had the surname of Tester. That's a first. Um, Do you see yourself working with that age group? For the foreseeable future, do you have any um, desire to maybe work with different age groups? Because i got to say, like, working with the seven to eight is very different, obviously, not better or worse. But working with teenagers, for example, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But are you dialed in on the seven to uh, eight-year-old age group?
1: Yeah, I think I definitely enjoy teaching that age group particularly because i also like the content that is involved Mm -hmm. in teaching year twos it's the most interesting to me i probably wouldn't go any older than year three i do generally relate a lot better to the children that are in the early childhood years or the early years so that's anywhere Mm -hmm. from pre-primary or kindergarten but pre-primary to year two that's probably my target Um, audience just because they're malleable they're super interested and intrigued in learning Mm. and again the content for me as part of being a teacher you have to enjoy what you're doing and I enjoy teaching that year level
0: yeah Uh, and you mentioned education equality so Mm. can you expand on that a little bit so when you say education equality what exactly are you referring to
1: Yeah, so what I'm referring to is, I mean, statistically there are over 70 million children worldwide that don't actually have access to a primary education. And what that means is that if they're not having access to a quality education as a child, then that usually means that in their older years they are going to be illiterate or they're going to struggle. They might go through poverty and the flow on effect is just, it's, it's endless. So if we have education equality globally and if we see a greater impact in terms of all children being able to access a quality education then we'll see a decrease in the poverty lines and we'll also see greater diversity in our leadership.
0: Yeah, it's 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 terrible when you see some countries that actively don't want some of well I'm thinking of the Taliban for example not wanting the women to receive an education. I Yeah. I mean, when when you see that, how does that make you feel? Because it certainly evokes a very strong response from myself.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough, particularly because we know how much the women in the country had gained from so many years of of all of the intervention that had been going on in the country. Um, It's definitely heartbreaking and I hope that there are changes and Mm -hmm. I hope that the women see some kind of hope and I also just hope that they can make changes and get out of there and seek their own education somewhere that they're going to be safe and be able to do so
0: yeah 100 percent. now you have a question here from a familiar face a certain ms rankin um (laughs) i have to ask this question and then say brooke at the end so hey sister queen (laughs) you're incredible what attributes do you think are going to make you sound stand out at internationals lots of love brooke
1: Oh. I did see. I did see um, the interview with adding Brooke at the end, and I think I am going to be adding Brooke at the end of every single conversation <laughs> that I have with Brooke.
0: Good just on you. From
1: now on, uh, what attributes do I hold that are going to make me stand out at internationals? I think. I think my confidence. I am generally quite a confident person, although I do technically classify myself as an introvert. I would hope that. I'm a talker. I think I could talk the house down and hopefully could have a conversation with anyone. But also, I really appreciate everyone, Uh, not only the competitors or whoever else that I'm going to be with. I kind of appreciate, you know, the staffing or, you know, the cleaners. You've got to kind of show um, appreciation for everyone. And I hope that my overall um, laid-back Australian attitude will kind of make me shine in that aspect.
0: Well, you're probably also a bit easier to understand than some Australian queens. Your your accent isn't (laughs) too strong and you don't speak too quickly. Um, You you mentioned being an introvert and then also being confident. Now to me that's not a mismatch because the two are are completely different. You can be introverted and still be very confident but I'm just curious as to the development of your confidence because a lot of girls will say that pageantry helped with that. Mm -hmm. Does your confidence, were you always confident even going back to you know four years old at your first pageant or is that something Mm -hmm. you developed through your pageantry or something that you developed more on your own time in your on your own path
1: i think a bit of both i think the confidence that i've gained from pageants has been immense especially competing uh, you know internationally at only 16 that kind of reshaped my life and redirected where i was headed i also think that it's also just come from being older and wiser the more confidence that i have gained is mainly because i've gotten more confident in my speaking abilities and being able to hold conversations really well with people and again you know I'm an educator so I spend all day talking so I want to hope that I have some kind of confidence in that aspect
0: Brooke here has said you guys are cruel (laughs) Well, Brooke, that's what happens when you announce those things on an interview. I, I'm, I'm trying not to put Brooke at the end of every sentence, but I can't promise you anything. Um, outside of pageantry, I mean, obviously you're a teacher by trade. What do you do to keep yourself busy or to relax? I mean, cause God knows you'd need it after working with kids, you know, I mean, you're on school holidays, as you said at the moment, but what do you do outside of pageantry and outside of being a teacher?
1: So outside of pageantry, generally I like to keep fit with something simple like Pilates. I'm not a huge gym junkie because I've got to make exercising fun for me to be ab- able to enjoy it. I have also recently taken up or regone and gotten back into uh, tap dancing, which is something that I did mm. many, many moons ago when I was a child. So it's been great to get back into that and engage my brain but also have a little bit of fun at the same time because I found that spending all day at school talking to kids all day long, I kind of need a different avenue to switch off but use my brain in a different way and of course i mean spending time with family and friends and my dogs is most important to me i've got a huge family and they're all super important to me i've got four nieces and four nephews so spending time with them is incredible
0: and I don't normally ask about fashion choices, but I need to ask mm-hmm. you about your earrings because they're absolutely stunning. So is this just something that you've picked up yourself or can we do a, a subtle sponsor shadow? I mean they are an amazing <laughs> color
1: yeah so these ones are of course the bejeweled boutique it wouldn't be a pageant interview or anything pageant related if it wasn't the bejeweled boutique so shout out to the bejeweled boutique um thank you i do love the color i didn't know if the color was going to be for me but i love them either way
0: they look absolutely stunning and i say that (laughs) as someone who doesn't normally notice these things i'm like oh wow that blue i don't know maybe it's a whole outfit working with the black and then the blue and then the crown that crown is also, now that I'm actually looking at it, it looks it looks simple, but in a really good way. It's not, not like over the top, but it's really eye-catching. Is it comfortable? Yeah. I yeah. often ask people how they deal with the constant crown headaches, and some people said, well, you just deal with it. Is, is it comfortable?
1: <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, yes. I mean, I haven't had too many crown headaches, which has yeah. been amazing. Uh, hopefully hopefully there's no more in the foreseeable future
0: you don't do you have dents in your head because some of the girls have said their crowns have been so heavy they actually have little divots in their skull where the pad where the crown can fit
1: not yet i do have a very very small head so i think they just tend to fit me really well (laughs) so they're not too tight
0: okay All right. Um, And as you mentioned that the international uh, competition should be around October sometime. Obviously, you've had an up and down sort of preparation with COVID and things like that. At this stage, Courtney, do you have any expectations as to what you'd like to or how you'd like to place over there? Or are you just going to, you know, enjoy yourself, have a good time and represent Australia as best you can?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, my premise for any competition is to enjoy myself to the absolute most. If I can get anything out of any pageant experience, it's just it's just to purely enjoy it. If I could make the top 10, I would be immensely happy. Uh, it's, it is incredibly difficult to place in the intercontinental system. The way that the placing is done is we are placed via continents, so there's only right. a certain amount of competitors that will go through to the top 10 out of each confident, um, continent and then the top five uh, come from one of each continent. So right. it's tricky to place. I would be super grateful if I was able to make the top 10. But again, I'm just happy to finally be able to be involved <laughs> in the international pageant and just excited to represent Australia.
0: Dare I ask what uh, continental grouping we're in? Because we're normally lumped in with Asia Pacific, which then includes Philippines, Vietnam, uh-huh. Thailand.
1: Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. It's like the valley
0: of pageant death. Like yeah, you, yes, you yes, know what? So you know, if you get through to top ten, you're probably a shoe in for top 5 <laughs> put that that put that out there
1: yeah so we are definitely grouped in um as asia and Oceania. so we're definitely up there with all the other powerhouses as we know asia is renowned Mm -hmm. for their powerhouse of pageant women so as i say if i could make the top 10 i would be forever grateful
0: okay well you got your work cut out for you but you know (laughs) hard work never never underestimate the little aussie battler that's what i say exactly now, before we get to the final ten, Courtney, is anyone that you would like to give a shout-out to?
1: Ooh, shout-outs. I would like to give a shout-out to all of my Miss Australia pageants uh, sisterhood. Um, that includes Danica, that includes Brooke, uh, that includes any of the other girls, Mel, uh, that includes um, our current Miss Galaxy Australia, Emily Egan, that includes all of the other Galaxy Queens that are so amazing. Alicia Chantel, incredible. Shout out to my mum if she's watching. Hope you're watching mum. Hi mum if you're watching. <laughs> she's she's up north at the moment. She's about oh gosh, two 000 kilometers up north. So wow, okay. I hope she's watching and I hope she's having a great day.
0: You want to give a shout out to your class? Your little kid.
1: <laughs> yes, shout out to room three. Hope you're all uh-huh. watching. And I hope you're all proud of Miss Tester.
0: Do they do they know that you're a pageant queen? Have they ever seen you with your crown and sash?
1: They've they've seen it and they've definitely asked questions about it. But I don't think I don't think they've quite clicked uh, of the severity of it that it's a national pageant Very and that uh, I'll be competing internationally.
0: Do they ask you, Miss, are you are you a princess? A hundred percent. <laughs> and what do you? Well, how do you answer that when they ask you, "Are you a princess?"
1: I just say, "Yeah, kind of."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, what else? Okay, um, let us get to the final ten. Danika here has said, "We love you, Court." Uh, so there you go. Uh, final ten. All right, here we go. Question one: What is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word: ooh, gazebo. Why? it's just fun to say it's just gazebo it's just rolls off the tongue it's just fun <laughs>
0: i've never had that one and that that is actually a slight, that's a weird word now that i think of it, gazebo. Gazebo. gazebo 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 okay uh question two uh what is your least favorite word
1: Least favourite word, hmm, probably something like disgust. Like I don't really, I'm not really interested in the word disgust, nor do I use it very often.
0: Fair enough. Question three, in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on?
1: What gets me excited? Ooh, um, any kind of freshly baked goods out of the oven. They get me excited. Anytime I see any of my family members, that will get me incredibly excited. Anytime I see a sale in any kind of store or I feel like I'm getting a discount or a bargain, that definitely gets me excited.
0: How does your love for baked goods intersect with pageant preparation?
1: goes incredibly well. Uh...
0: <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: As long as I am exercising and doing everything else that I need to do, I see no reason why I can't have beautiful baked goods.
0: Good for you. Uh, So that was what turns you on. Question four is what turns you off?
1: Ooh, uh, Lying. Um, Definitely don't like lying or deceit. And what else turns me off? Oh, anything that's not clean or messiness drives me absolutely crazy
0: suddenly feel sorry for your kids (laughs) (laughs) do you ever yell at them to clean up after themselves because seven and eight-year-olds are not by nature normally the tidiest beings on the planet
1: funnily enough we had a debate with one of the other classes and all of the kids uh one of the positives about our classroom was they loved that it was organized and that it was clean which meant that it was so much better than all of the other classrooms so I actually can take my hat off to all of the kids because they are in general, really organized and really tidy.
0: I think you may have whipped them into shape, Courtney. It sounds like they've, <laughs> they've become an extension of yourself. They're organized and tidy.
1: Yes, I think so. They're all they're all a very small version of myself.
0: Sounds like you run a tight ship, Miss Testa. Question <laughs> five, what sound or noise do you love?
1: Sound or noise? Hmm. I do like the sound of the ocean, or I do also like the sound of the lawn being mowed. I don't know why.
0: Someone answered that that was their least favorite sound. So I guess we're 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 getting a range of answers here. Uh, Question six, what sound or noise do you hate?
1: Oh, well, they don't actually have them anymore, but nails on a chalkboard, ooh, can't stand it.
0: What what boards do you guys use just out of interest? Are you all onto smart boards now?
1: Yes, we've got a smart board. We do still have whiteboards in the classroom Mm -hmm. and mini whiteboards are super essential for all of the kids, but interactive whiteboards is pretty much the way to go.
0: Nice. Question seven, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why?
1: Ooh, If I could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. I feel like being incredibly fast, what would that superpower be called? But whatever that is, super speed. Super speed. We'll super speed. I need super speed. I could get so many things done in a day. Ah, oh, it would be incredible.
0: Help you keep up with the eight-year-olds. Uh, question eight: <laughs> What job or occupation, other than your own, would you most like to attempt?
1: If I wasn't doing teaching, I actually had this same conversation. Yeah, was it yesterday? Yesterday at um, a baby shower, and if I wasn't being a teacher, I would be something creative, possibly in like digital marketing or media, something that I could still be creative and artsy.
0: And what job would you definitely not like
1: to attempt? job that I would definitely not like to attempt? Probably a vet. Even though I love animals, I Definitely, could not cope with any of the hardship that comes along with being a vet.
0: Yeah. Final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: What would I like, God? Uh, hmm. Um, welcome home, honey. You,
0: you've made you've made God sound very uh, very extra. I don't <laughs> think God ever used the word honey before, but. Uh, <laughs> That's fair enough well Courtney that's about it. Thank you so much for your time and coming on
1: Thank you so much for having me it's been been a while and a bit of a bit of a process to get together but it's been been mm. great
0: Has this actually been your first live you said your first live do you mean first live interview or just first live ever
1: I think my first live ever I don't think I've ever been live I think any other more no, I don't think so. I think any other interview has been pre-recorded.
0: Now you sound a thousand years old. You've never been live before.
1: <laughs> I've never been live. Don't tell anyone. That's. I think that's how you know that I'm a 90s baby.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I won't tell anyone, but I think you might have. <laughs> but um, look, thanks for coming on. I'll get you to hang on the line whilst I hang up with the audience. So thanks to everyone for watching live on the replay, and we will speak to you next time bye for now
1: see you later
0: hey thanks so much for watching sorority access is now open so if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful confident and impactful queen possible head to the pageant sorority.com i'll see you there and see you in the next video